got to say that quick before I get up here and push you off the stage. I'll do it. Not to the rest of you, just to Braden. That's just to Braden. Um, I like pushing Braden. I don't know where that conversation is going. Happy Mother's Day um, if, uh, to all of you. I, Mother's Day is such an interesting holiday. It's, uh, it's, it can be painful and joyful and um, all at the same time. So we're, we're, it's just hard to, um, those of you who are mothers, I am so thankful for you. Those of you who are raising your children in the way of Jesus, I am so thankful for you. Those of you who have lost children and those of you who have lost mothers, I am so sorry for you. Our prayers are for you today. Um, and those of you who have wanted children and have not had children and think that makes somehow makes you less, you are wrong. You are not less. Um, a godly woman can be celebrated, and I think today that's what we do. Um, so when we talk about mothers, sometimes the definition, at least the societal definition is children, and I, I get that, but I also think that those who follow the Lord, um, those who follow Jesus, the way they treat people around them, the motherly instinct within them is indeed godly, and so... Um, we, um, we celebrate all of you today. We celebrate all of you. Um, I, I, my dad asked me last night, do you have a Mother's Day sermon prepared for this Sunday? And I said, no, I still get to talk about Jesus. Um, I, I, I like mothers, um, but that ain't the gospel. And I will, t- I will, happy Mother's Day, we celebrate you, all that. And, but we're going to move on and we're going to talk about Jesus and we're going to talk about following Christ and all of that. And so uh, if, I, think, I think we should all be okay with that, right? Does anyone not want to talk about Jesus instead but wants to talk about you? No? Okay, so we're going to, no one raised their hand, so that's good. Uh, oh, before we talk about Jesus, here's this guy. Oh, I ruined it because my clicker's not working. There he is. Oh, man. He's cool. He does nothing right now. Really, like, no tricks. But he does, he's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. This thing, I think, might be running out of batteries. There we go. All right, so... When I was growing up in the churches of Christ, and I grew up in the churches of Christ, not just a church of Christ, I grew up in the churches of Christ, and um, because my, I didn't just go to one, I did go to one mainly, the one in the Queen there, but I also went to uh, ones in Horatio and Ben Loman, and I went to Dirks and or Derricks, and I went to whatever. I, w- I went to that place. And then I, we went um, to Wicks and to Gillum, and these, my, my dad traveled and preached to these places, um, which is a nice gig. You just you write one sermon, preach it six times, there you go. Pretty nice gig. And I remember, I mean, most of the, the greatest memories I have of church, and by greatest I mean the ones that I have, <laughs> Is, is going to these other little places and these women I didn't know grabbing my face. 
you know, just grabbing all of this. I was like, oh, look at this. Yes, look. Just look. Don't touch. But I went, I grew up in the churches of Christ. And in, in that time, I became very acquainted with a, um, a, flannel, a flannel board presentation, a drawing, a picture they handed out um, that, that looked, looked a bit like this. All right, you're going to have you're going to have to run these for me. I'll just say next slide and then we'll go from there, okay? And it looked like this. It was steps. Steps that you would go up. And you had to go through these certain steps to get salvation. And they were represented by one word. The first step here, believe, repent, confess, be baptized. And we would say, okay, yes, we need to do all those things. I need to hear, I need to believe, I need to repent, I need to confess, I need to be baptized. Hear what? Believe what? Repent from what? Confess what? Be baptized into what? Would be the next question. Well, often it turned, it out, turned out that it, it seemed like, at least, that um, we needed to hear that baptism was essential for salvation, believe that baptism was essential for salvation, Repent from not believing that baptism was essential for salvation. Confess that baptism is, is essential for baptism or salvation. Y'all just y'all try this on this many hours of sleep. Confess that baptism is essential for salvation and be baptized because baptism is essential for salvation. And I heard all those sermons and the percentage of those sermons, not really, my dad didn't really do this that much. But the percentage of the times that I saw that and simultaneously heard about the grace of Jesus is pretty low. But how these sorts of decisions are going to be affecting my life, that's pretty low. Because what what we were wanting, at least, was for people to get to the, the top step. Get them to salvation. Get them saved. And there's ways you got to do that. First, you got to hear, and then you got to believe, and then you got to repent, and then you got to confess, and then you got to be baptized. We just walk up those steps, and there you go, and there you have it, and you've done it. You can go home, you can eat, you can, have, you can go to Sunday night service if you're really holy. Then what then? What next? Rachel and I moved to Texas. We bought a, a GPS machine. We put it in our car, and it told us how to get to places. Because if you've ever, the nearest town was, was uh, nearest big town, I guess city, nearest city was Waco. If you've ever been to Waco, it is impossible to get around Waco without knowing how to get around Waco. So we bought a GPS system. Also, because whenever you got to small town Texas, they did like you guys did and just rattled off number after number and said things like the old Benjamin Highway. Oh, yeah, that. If I knew it was called the old Benjamin Highway, I'd know how to get to the place I wanted to go. Now, they would give us all these directions. We said, we're going to buy a GPS machine. Now, the problem with the GPS thing is that you put it on your, you put it on your windshield. Now, everyone just does it with their phone. 
You'd put this thing on your windshield, and it would tell you how to get to a place. Um, and it worked just fine until you got to the place. And then it lost its mind. Because you would be looking for a parking place, and it would say, oh, recalculating, recalculating. It, 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 it wouldn't know that you were in the vicinity. You could see the place. You're finding parking. What this thing wanted you to do was drive into Olive Garden's kitchen and just and then it would be, say, you've arrived. But once you turn, they're like, whoa, no, you're going the wrong way. We were fine telling people how to get to the place, but once they got to the place, we had no idea what to do with them. I'm not talking about the GPS machine anymore. Walk them up the steps, get them in the water, and send them home. And we wonder why so many young people are falling out of church. It's because we made kids make decisions and we didn't make disciples out of the kids. We told them what steps they had to take up this imaginary step, ladder of goodness. Yeah, I just came up with that term. We told them what steps they had to take, and once they got there, we said, now just be good. Without realizing all the while that each one of these things is something that can impact you for the rest of your life. It's not just something you do once, and then you're done doing, and then, you, and then you, you're good, and you're somehow you and God got it together good. We always add kind of like last minute and be baptized, and every night ask God for forgiveness, or otherwise you will go, you might die with some unforgiven sin. At least that's what I was taught. Scared me to death. So it's not just about a process of salvation. It's not just about this process, it's about every step you take. Let's Let's get that off the board before they start thinking we're that traditional. It's about the five million steps you take throughout your life. A life that hears, a life that believes, a life that repents, a life that confesses, a life that is found in baptism with Jesus. If you have no idea what that means, four more weeks. Show up here. Now, this life begins, I think, quite appropriately with here. Jesus tells a story in Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, he says, that, it says, That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. We're going, yeah, there we go. Let's go to next. Yeah, then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it. Some fell on the rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seeds fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seeds fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred 60 or 30 times what was sown. 
Whoever has ears, he says, let them hear. Now, in all three uh, tellings of this parable in each different gospel, he ends it by saying, whoever has ears, let them hear. Now, later, the disciples asked him, why, why do you teach us in parables? Because we can, all, we can all understand that parables are a little confusing at times. They can be easily misunderstood. They said, why do you teach us in parables? And his answer is this, from the next slide. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. Even though they can hear what I'm saying, they don't really hear what I'm saying. Those of you who have kids know what this feels like. To say to a kid, do you understand me? I found that that phrase is much, works much better than the phrase, okay. Because when I say okay, it feels like I'm asking for their permission. And when I say, do you understand? That's what I mean when I say okay. Go clean your room. Do you understand? Yes. Go do it. And then to go in there and they're dressed up, playing, Oh, okay, you heard me, but you didn't understand me. Those of you who live with a grown male. Now, I'll tell you why that is. Uh, women, and this is a really bad day to make a general statement about women. <laughs> hey, women, uh, they... When, you, when women are at rest, their brains kick on. Head hits your pillow, you're starting making lists, you're, you're doing math for no good reason. You're, I mean, your brain, it actually increases in, in what it's doing. Men, when our bodies are at rest, shut down. That's why when we're sitting there watching TV, which is considered at rest, your brain's not doing anything, when we're sitting there watching TV or just sitting down and you come in the room and you say, Benjamin, I've got a reboot. I'm asleep. So sometimes, give us six seconds. Pretend we're a PC. Fire us back up. Let's say, hey, wait, wait. Now tell us what you want. We're not going to get it before that. That's just science. Right? So, um, but anyway, you know what it feels like to say something to somebody, to say, did you do this? I don't feel like you're listening to me. I don't feel like I'm being heard. And I think oftentimes when the way we, uh, way we approach the teachings of Jesus we are hearing them, but we aren't really hearing. We don't live a life that allows us to listen to Jesus. Most of us have a tendency to do what I call, this is a phrase I made up, I think, 
So if Freud said it, someone sue me. Um, Some of us just float down the lazy river of life. Have you ever been to a water park that has one of the lazy rivers? Like the worst ride in the water park? It's just a circle of almost drowning and running into people. But basically, the premise is you just you get on your raft, and it's just what it's a river that you that just takes you places, but takes you nowhere. And you just get to go with the current. And so wherever it pushes you, that's where you go. So a lot of us, when we're when we're happy or when things are going well, then we're a, we're a good person. It's easy to follow the teachings of Jesus then, but when things just aren't going the way we want. The measure of a Christian is whenever you find them at the hardest part of their life. Talk about being a mother. I would argue two things. And hear the second one before you judge me for the first one. Being a mother is not the hardest job in the world. Being a good mother is the hardest job in the world. Being a good one. And I don't know if this is the day where we can proclaim the fact that there are indeed bad mothers. But selfishness Selfishness, when worked into anything, makes us not very good. It is hard to be a good mother. It's hard to be a good father. It's hard to be a good Christian because we aren't just casually laying back and letting life take us where we want it to take us. There are times I want to punish my children, but it's because I'm tired. And, and, they, and it's a me problem, not a them problem. There are times that I don't want to punish them and they need it. There are times when, when we, we see what needs to be done, but it's not the easy thing to do. And we run into this all the time with Jesus' teachings. When we listen to the teachings of Jesus, when we li- listen to the life of Jesus. And that's something you've got to do if you want to be a disciple. It's not just about making a decision for salvation. The people who, are, who want to follow Jesus are the ones who are following Jesus. It's not the ones in every, every group. It's not just the churches of Christ. Every group has their thing, the Roman road, or the, the Ephesian process, or that's not one, but the, the five steps of salvation. And there, there's all these sorts of things that you go through, and every single one of them leaves out the fact that Jesus says, if you don't forgive your brother, or if you judge your brother, God's not going to forgive you, and he's going to judge you like you judge them. Every single one of them leave that out. Why? Because that's the hardest one to do. And we hear that teaching, and we opt out, and we say, well, that's not really for us. 
Yeah, if you want to be a disciple of Jesus, it is. If you want to follow him, it is. You can't just follow Jesus when it suits you. Otherwise, you're just floating down the lazy river. You're just letting life take you where it will. And if I can grab the hand of Jesus while I skip through this particular prairie, then yes, I will hold the hand, to the hand of my Savior and friend. But whenever he's asking me to change, when he's asking me to be more self-controlled than I am at the moment, then I might just have to let go and let life happen. See, hearing isn't just about taking it into your ears. It's about actually doing it. When will Rachel find out that I didn't hear her tell me to take out the trash? When I don't take out the trash. The evidence of refusing to listen is in our refusal to act. Does that make sense? I mean, you can't really tell that someone's not listening until they don't act the way they should If you were listening, like you're walking into a party and you say, don't say anything about her nose, botched nose job. Don't know why you'd go to a rhino whatever in the first place. And you don't hear them, you're like, whoa, your nose is crazy. You've messed up, you've made the mistake. The evidence is in the action, it's not in the nodding of the head. But sometimes we're real content to come to church and just nod our heads. So, yes, I hear that. Amen. And we go out in the world and we, our actions say we didn't hear a thing. I am not in this game. I am not in this profession. I am not in this vocation to make people make decisions for Jesus. We are here as a church, as a preacher, as elders, as, as deacons, as ministers, as, as you are all ministers of the Mineral Springs Church of Christ, of the kingdom of God in this place. And as ministers, it is not our job to make dis decisions. It's our job to make disciples. And you can only do that if they're hearing and if you're hearing the words cleanly. If you're listening, paying attention. So maybe you've heard, but you haven't really heard. The prophets have always messed with this. Next slide. Ezekiel 12 says, The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, you are living among the rebellious people. Here is why they are rebellious. They have eyes to see, but do not see, and ears to hear, but do not hear, for they are rebellious people. These are people when Ezekiel and Hosea and Jeremiah and Isaiah come to the people and they say, this is the word of the Lord. They all said, yes, we will go to the, we will go to the temple and we will offer our sacrifices. And God says to them, I don't want your sacrifices. This trampling of my courts, this shining up of your shoes, this tie that you put on, good for you. Follow Jesus. Stop just nodding your head and pretending you hear him, but understand what he is saying and let it have implications in your life. You, you, you can't follow 
Him by just nodding your head and then continuing to float down whatever path it is that life has sent you down. You can't. Next slide. Jeremiah 6. He says the same thing to Jeremiah. To whom can I get, speak and give warning? Who will listen to me? Their ears are closed so they cannot hear the word. The Lord is offensive to them. They find no pleasure in it. How many times in our life have we tried to soften the statements of Jesus? Like, um, like turn the other cheek. I didn't really mean that. Actually, you know what? I'll, I'll help you out. If you just look at the Greek, what, uh, what turn the other cheek means is turn the other cheek. That's it. That's what it means. The meek will inherit the earth. We're not very good listeners. If you turn on any of the, uh, like one of those 24 hours, uh, 24 hour noise, ne- I mean news networks, you'll, uh, you'll find people who show how well we listen. In our own conversations, the way we listen is not listening. It's just being quiet and waiting for our turn to talk. That's not going to cut it when listening to what God has called us to do. It's just not. If we want to be the people of of God, we're going to have to let our eyes do some seeing, and we're going to have to do it, let our ears do some hearing, and it's not can't just bounce off and fall to the ground. Mothers know this better than just about anybody that it is so hard to get someone to listen to you. Now, your kids will go to school and they'll listen. They'll pay attention. They'll write their name on their paper. They'll do their work. They'll put it in the right box that the teacher told them to put it in. They'll come home. They won't listen. Why? School's not a lazy river. School's not a place you just get to float and be yourself. There's... They just, they kind of tell you what to do. They herd you in and they walk in a line and you sit at the desk and you sit in alphabetical order and do this and do that. And so they just, you're forced to, but once we get into those places, we're comfortable. We're often just ourselves and we don't go about our own little business in our head. So kids, if, if you want to give your mom a good Mother's Day present, listen to her. Husbands, this would be a good idea too. Um, I used to, and my mom would let me say this, and she still does let me say this, because my mom thinks I'm funny. And she enjoys me, me when I'm funny. And so I always used to say that my mom is the smartest man I ever knew. I still do say that, I guess. But I, my mom, I, 
the reason I read so much is I got to keep up with her. She reads a lot. Um, and she gets to read fiction on the side. I can't even do that. But I remember there's a lot of times when I'm about these guys' age in my life where I thought she didn't know much at all. Now, why did I think that? Was it because I'd studied anything at all? No? It's because I read some, Mom, I know better, I've read Plato, or whatever. No. It's because what she was saying didn't jive with what I was wanting to do. And so I made dumb decisions that she told me at the first, in the first place were dumb decisions. And she let me make those mistakes because she loves me. And she didn't swoop in and say, I told you so. She just called it. And God says to us, there's a certain way to live if you want to follow the king. And we listen to the parts that we're comfortable with. The parts that jive with our own little world. But we're not really hearing what he's called us to do because our actions just don't show it. If, if you need in your life a fresh hearing of God's word, if you need in your life a fresh understanding, if you've just started to see that God needs you to do something more than what you're, you're doing at the moment, well, then when we say the response here is, is to commit, is to connect with God, to give up of yourself to focus on the king and let your focus on him be evident in your life. If you need a change today, if you need to start listening today, whether it's to your mom or to your, to your spouse, that's, that's one thing, and we can talk about that some other time, but if, you, if your life isn't reflective of, you, of your listening to the Word of God, of your listening to the Son, Jesus, of your, of your listening to His Spirit that He gives us. If it doesn't show that, well, then that needs to change. Because listening to the Messiah is the best choice you can ever make. Make that choice today. Let's stand and sing.